Good morning. How's everyone? It's good to see you. Leanna, are you, are you here? Yeah, Leanna, come on up. Make your way up here. Leanna has some announcement. Got her on. Yes. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to thank everybody who came out last night or gave donations or whatever. It was it was a success. Um, we don't have the exact total, but we have an estimate, and it's a little over twenty thousand dollars. Thank you, everybody who helped and who came. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, if you weren't here last night, you missed the Tom and Jerry show, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Robbie and, and Kevin. I, I, said, I told Kevin Duncan and Robbie Septon, I told them at the 9 o'clock service, those guys have a career, okay? They can be auctioneers or used car salesmen. They, you know, they've got a career. Ahead of them. <laughs> anyway, we are happy uh, that we did so well in our thing, and I've got a few announcements to remind you of a few things. First of all, is tonight children's ministry flip flop flip flops decorating. They're decorating flip flops tonight for the relay for life. That should be fun. And if anyone has any donations for shirts or luminaries, uh, they may give those to Susanna Clute or Ellen Henson. A reminder that the confirmands will meet tonight at 4.30 to tell me all about their wonderful trip. I heard a lot of good things about it. And United Methodist Men want me to remind you that there is a barbecue yard sale coming up on May the 4th. That's not too far from now. You can go ahead there. You can buy advance tickets, or, or I, I think, I'm pretty sure, uh, for $7 for the plate. And so please, we hope you make sure you're part of that. And also, the Memorial Youth Mission Team will be hosting a special dinner at Lorinda's. Did I say that right? Lorinda's? For their upcoming trip. This dinner is on Tuesday, May the 14th. And um, there will be tickets on sale uh, for that uh, beginning soon, both before and after services. And all the proceeds go, of course, to youth mission trip uh, planning. So we're glad to, to announce that. Uh, so we have a whole lot of things coming up. I hope you've got your calendars uh, and got them all on there. Don't forget, of course, Relay for Life, which would be the, what day is that? Is that the 17th? Okay. All right. Let's begin our worship together.
with you. Let us pray together. Eternal God, you raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, and by your Holy Spirit brought to life your church. Breathe upon us again with your Spirit, and give new life to your people. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. 
The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated and let me remind you real quick that next Sunday we'll have a baptism and also next Sunday is the Sunday the children will be going out for the library. So the children come forward now for children's time. Good morning. I'm glad to see a bigger crowd than usual this morning. Today's a very special day. Do you know what it is? You want to tell them? My birthday. Can you sing? <laughs> I know you weren't expecting that. Can you sing happy birthday to her real quick? Sure that made you feel special, right? Well, it I was. Think, I think there might be a couch. What? I think there might be a couch. It was a very busy week for me and for Sarah. We were busy decorating and doing different things. And as sometimes happened, I, I was asked to substitute for today's children's sermon, and I didn't look at it till this morning. And I, I read the passage, which Pastor Joseph will read to us later. And it talks about the city of Joppa. Is that how you pronounce it? Joppa? Joppa. And about Peter. And there's a disciple named Tabitha who became sick. And she died. And the, the friends of Tabitha called Peter to come to the city. And he went into the room. Everybody was crying and mourning the loss of their friend. He sent everybody out. He got down on his knees and started praying. And then he said, Tabitha, get up. And she got up and she was alive again. And I'll confess that my first thought when I read this was, how can I do a children's sermon on that? What can I do with that? And then I remembered everything in Scripture is useful. There's not certain passages where you can say, well, I don't really like this, or this doesn't really apply. Everything in Scripture can be useful to us. 
And God has revealed himself to us in two ways. One is his creation, everything we see around us, and the other way is his word. And when you read the Bible, this is God speaking to us. And I think that is just amazing that he's actually speaking to us. And um, the Apostle Paul advised Timothy, his young friend, he said, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So I want us to look at that. To all scripture is inspired by God, and other versions of the Bible say all scripture is God-breathed and useful. Um, the first thing he says, scripture is profitable for teaching. You know what teaching is, right? Do you have teachers? What do they do? They teach you things, right, that are useful for you, or sometimes you think maybe not so useful, maybe some of the math or things like that. But teaching, you understand that word. What about reproof or rebuke? Do you know what that means? Yeah, if you're going down the wrong path, you've already had two pieces of chocolate and you keep heading toward that chocolate box and keep getting more and more, and it's like maybe you should not be doing this. And scripture is useful in helping us with that and saying you really shouldn't be going down that path. Correction, do you understand correction? What does that mean? You have to change, right? You're going down that path that may not be very good for you to go down. And the scripture is useful in helping us correct our behavior, correcting our actions. And the last part is training in righteousness. The Bible is full of stories and helpful advice that can help us. And I was thinking about Sarah, since she's turning seven today, I was thinking a lot about the day she was born and those seven years that she's been with us. And I was remembering how when she was little, she loved for us to read her the same book over and over again. And I'm sure all of you had books like that, that you just, you wanted your parents to read them to you over and over and over, right? And movies, and still today there are movies that she watches over and over again. She doesn't get tired of them, and she'll say, oh, look, there's a fairy that I hadn't noticed before, or something like that. And I think adults, a lot of times, I read one book, I check it off my list. I watch a movie, I check it off my list, and I don't watch it again. Well, the Bible is not like that. You can't just read it once and be done be done with it. You have to keep reading it over and over, like a child, over and over again, because every time you find something new in it. And I think that's why Bible studies are so important, and what you guys do on Sunday night, where you hear some of the verses and some of the stories you've already heard. Daniel, you did Daniel last week. You've heard that story before, but it's, it's very important to keep delving into it and keep hearing the stories and keep reading the Bible. Um, and I want you... When Pastor Joseph reads the passage later and talks about it in this sermon, I'd like you to try to not just check out. I want you to try to listen to what he's saying, and he'll probably he'll explain that passage to us and why it's important and why it was included in the Bible or what God is trying to say to us. Um, I'm going to close with this. There's a, a group that once approached uh, a pastor named R.C. Sproul, and they said, we need someone young and exciting someone with a dynamic method who will help make the Bible come alive. We don't want some old guy just standing up there, you know, reading stuff to us. And he replied, you want me to make the Bible come alive? I didn't know the Bible had died. I can't make the Bible come alive for anyone. The Bible is already alive, and it makes me come alive. So I want you to think about that, all right? Let's pray together. I want you to repeat after me. God... These children came to you asking you to reveal yourself to them. 
was it too long? Asking you to reveal yourself to them. We ask you to please help us discover you and to seek you in our reading of the Bible. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living, living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, and wisdom, and thanks, and honor, and power, and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God.
God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Blessed God, you are our good shepherd. Your goodness, your mercy follows us. Holy is your name. We come before you this day and we understand and, and will hear in the scripture that your power is so great that you enable your apostles to raise people from the dead. And yet we must confess this day that we do not always rely upon your power. Uh, we do not listen and we become foolish. Instead of following your way and your paths, we stray on our own and we get lost. And our sin is upon us, but your mercy is great. Help us to amend our lives and to follow the one who loves us the most. Open our ears that we may hear the voice of our shepherd and wipe away our sin and grant us forgiveness this day by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us come within your presence without fear. We know of those this day who are walking through a valley of pain. We pray, O oh God, for each one who are on our prayer list. May your abiding presence be with them. May they have no fear. May you lead them beside the still waters of peace. May you give healing balm of your green pastures to those who are broken in body and fill to overflowing the cups of those who feel empty. We know that those who belong to you are granted release from every ordeal. Hear now our prayers, which we offer in the name of our shepherd, Jesus Christ the Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
please be seated. Our lesson today comes from the book of Acts. Now, Acts is the record of the remarkable growth and spread of Christianity uh, during the first, uh, hundred, first century after the resurrected Christ appeared uh, many, many times. And so I want you to be a, give attention now to Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good in helping the poor. And about that time she became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. And Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. And so Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room and all the widows were standing around crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that, that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. And he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented to her and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord and Peter stayed there for some time with a tanner named Simon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, help us to see that that same faith and power is available to us this day. Help us to understand that nothing's changed. Help us to get down on our knees and call out the name of Jesus. Help us to see what great things can be done. In your name we pray. Amen. Brenda wanted me to tell you one more time how much she appreciated coming and being with you last week. And she told, told me to please tell you that if, she, if her nervousness distracted anyone, she's sorry. She said she was shaking tremendously. I don't think I noticed it, but she said she was, and so she wanted to apologize. But if you were here last week, you know that she talked about either going fishing or going and doing ministry. And this story, in my opinion, reflects what happens when disciples move from fishing to ministry. Now let me just give you a couple of these things that are kind of nerdy, I know, but that's, that's partly who I am. The story, you know, talks about Dorcas and Tabitha. Well, the thing is, is that Tabitha is Aramaic for gazelle. And the Greek word for gazelle is Dorcas. That's why you see both names. And I know you're really happy I told you that. So <laughs> a little bit of nonsense. The other thing that was a little more important than that is the word that is used there, disciple, Okay, it's the same word, uh, Greek word that's used for disciple when they refer to the original 12, which has caused some bi biblical scholars to speculate 
that Tabitha may have been one of the many women who followed Jesus from the very beginning as a disciple, but as you know, or you should be aware by now, that the writers of the scriptures were very male-centric and didn't include lots of information about the female. So here is a very important disciple, early disciple. Now this early disciple, her actions have demonstrated one of the things that's important about being a disciple, one of the characteristics about being a disciple, and that is that she concentrated much of her life's work on helping people, especially the poor and dispossessed. And she lived in this town of Joppa, which is the modern city of Jaffa, Israel, on the Mediterranean Sea. And there in that town, she kind of headed a little welfare program, you might say, for the city that was especially important for the widows in that city. Back in those early years of the first century, a widow was often seen as someone at the bottom of society because they, have lost, they lost everything they had when their husband died. They did not like today where you, you could inherit things and so forth and so on. They ended up being on the rung of society, lower rung, and they had to really, they were dispossessed and often very, very poor. And Tabitha had given her life's work to helping these folks and others. And so when she dies, when she dies, her life work dies with her. And that's a tragedy in more ways than one. And so the community of believers there uh, send uh, to for the apostle Peter. They've heard that Peter's over in the next town preaching and teaching. And so they send word to him about Tabitha. And Peter comes to them. Now at this time, Peter was kind of like the unofficial head of the church. He's kind of the bishop, you might want to say. At least he's considered an important personage. And just the fact that he comes to check on this situation tells us some more about Tabitha, uh, how important she must have been to that early faith community. Now, if the story ended right there, you could all go home and say, oh, that was really interesting stuff that the preacher told us today. And as important as all that stuff is, that's not what I want you to focus on. What I want you to focus on is what happens what happens after Peter gets there? Now remember that Peter is just like us. Fisherman turned priest, but he's just like us. Jesus is not with him. This is not a miracle of Jesus, per se. This is a miracle of Jesus working through Peter. Tabitha is dead. Dead as any human can be, but death does not have the last word. And in this struggling community of believers in the first century, here in this new world that is dawning upon the rest of the world, here the name of Jesus Christ is not some swear word, not some word casually to uh, tossed about, not some word we end our prayers with. Here, the name of Jesus carries power. Here the name of Jesus carries the same life and death-giving power as if the Creator was present. And this power that's demonstrated through Peter is the same power that Jesus promised His disciples. It's the same power that was promised on the day of Pentecost. It's the same power that, has, that came down to us as a gift. And that power has never gone away. It's still with us. 
But sometimes we're, we have a hard time acknowledging that it's the power of God that's working now in the present. Peter's actions indicate, once again, to a disbelieving world that prayer and faith and the Holy Spirit can overcome anything. All the boundaries of life, the very breath of life itself, are subject to the power of God. And every miraculous sign is a proof that God's promise to change the established order of things is moving forward into a glorious future. You have to recall what Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty. Jesus said clearly, the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has come upon us and it's here present with us even all these centuries later. And when the kingdom of God comes upon us, things are never the same and miracles happen. Every time that these stories are remembered, reimagined, retold, every time they're faithfully adhered to and, and spoken about, every time similar stories through the generations and even today are repeated and told, the evil system is stamped null and void by the cross. It's important to hear it and hear it clearly because so many people read this scripture and just kind of zoom on past it and don't quite grasp that this is Peter that raised Tabith from the dead. It's the power of God working through Peter. That same power of God can work through us. Her body was laid out. She was waiting for burial. Her friends were crying. The grave diggers were making ready the tomb. And St. Peter simply got down on his knees and Tabitha got up. He got down on his knees and Tabitha got up. He called out the name of Jesus and death went packing. And my friends, I'm here to tell you that this power hasn't left us. What's left us is our belief and faith that we have this power. But when someone who is believing and seeking and praying and filled with the Holy Spirit speaks and acts with faith, the power of Jesus can work through them. And so many times we just think, oh, it's something we did. But miracles occur every day. Miracles occur from, from miracle drugs that were invented, from skilled surgeons' hands. Mir miracles occur through things like this project that Leanna had, where a, a teenager dreams a big vision and has the faith to believe that she can raise $15,000 so that a church can be built in a third world country where there's not one. Her faith infected a whole bunch of other people and God working through all that, we didn't raise 15000 we raised 20000 Think about that. 
You see, things happen every day that are totally unexplained. And oftentimes we just don't acknowledge that the risen Christ is the reason. But whether we acknowledge the risen Christ is present, the, the power is there. And it overcomes the handicaps of human existence. Miracles happen whether we want to give God any credit or not. They happen then, they happen now. But they happen on God's timetable, not our own. Because they're not for our glory, they're for God's glory. And therefore, God manifests himself. Sometimes, and other times we wonder. And every one of you probably have a story that you could tell of someone that you know where something happened that you can't explain. But I'm here to tell you that that was a miracle of God and let us acknowledge God in it. You know, back in the summer, you know, the surgeon told Brenda she had colon cancer. It's just a matter. I never said, spoke that. I implied that to y'all when I was asking your prayers. Just a matter of they going to get up there and figure out how much of her intestine they're going to have to cut out. And then when they went in there, there was no cancer at all. I give God credit for that. It's unexplained. All the other things said yes. All the other tests, but the final test said no. I give God credit for that. God works every day in things that cannot be explained. The gift of healing is still a gift of God to us. It's a gift to the church and it can manifest itself at any time, in any place, in any age. It's the result of the resurrection power that came into the world through the risen Christ. And you know, all Peter was really doing was responding to Jesus' call in his life. Now think about this. Peter was simply doing what he had seen Jesus do many times. And you parents out there, if you want your children to do what you want them to do, you need to model that behavior to them. You grandparents need to model that behavior to your children. He simply went to his knees and prayed in faith. That's all he did. Just like he'd seen Jesus do. And God worked through Peter and brought Tabitha back to life. And many others believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now unfortunately today, the healing power of God has been subverted oftentimes by shysters. You'll see them, some, they, used to, they used to bring a big tent into town, now they rent a big auditorium. And they'll stand some people up front and they'll slap them in the head and say be healed and, and then they pass the collection plate well as much as I've liked to bring some people in front of me and slap them in the head a few times and say be healed uh, that's not the right way but healing can occur and every so often the church has an authorized healing service in the book of worship that we will do here and you may have done it in the past where we simply come in faith and ask God to heal whatever it is that we ask for. And it's a powerful service, and I hope we can do it sometime. But in the meantime, just do what Peter did. 
Get down on your knees and pray in faith and watch God work through you. Do it for God's glory, not your own. And remember to thank God for showing forth his glory. And today I thank God for showing forth his glory uh, through Peter and Tabitha and so many others from that day to now. I, I thank God for all those people who modeled themselves uh, the correct way of life in my life. Uh, it took me to about 39 years old before it ever sunk in, but I'm still very grateful for all those who modeled the correct things in my life. And I want us to just to, to, just to be thankful for, for remembering that God is the one who can heal us and God is the one who can make us whole and no one else can. And to understand that God's ultimate goal for you is total healing and restoration in the heavenly realms. I thank all of you who are very faithful uh, to, with this, these projects the church has undertook. I pray that God will continue to get us to have a mission focus, to be mission oriented, to be thinking about ways we can help people both here in Greer, across our state and across our world. Daryl Richforth just came back from the Redbird mission over in Kentucky and talked about it to men's club this morning. Uh, uh, the incredible depression, uh, depressed area that uh, coal mines in Kentucky are right now and the way people are having to live and how the church is working there every day. I pray that God will help us to simply get on our knees, to get on our knees so that those dead in the faith might rise up, so that those dead in the faith might rise up. I offer all, you, all these things in this hope in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile at you this day. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Thank you.